0: Hey, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So welcome to episode 200. Oh, it's so exciting. When I started this podcast, I never ever thought we would reach 200. And the reason why we keep going is because you keep listening and we keep getting more listeners. So it's really exciting. And I just wanted to say thank you. Anyone that's ever listened to the podcast, even if it's just once, I do really, really appreciate it. So in this episode, I just wanted to share, I think three, three or four main points with you that's been on my mind over the past week. Usually, we batch record these really far in advance, but due to the events that happened on the fifth of July, I was like, I need, I need to capture this moment. So, unless you have been living under a rock, you will know that on the fifth of July, the former Secretary of State for Health and Care, Sajid Javid handed in his notice. He resigned from his position. Some people will think that is a good thing. I know a lot of people in my circle think that that is not, that's not a good thing and that he did an amazing job in a very short space of time and also under very difficult circumstances. But the thing I wanted to highlight to you is a few things that he wrote in his resignation letter Now, I'm not going to read it all, but from a leadership perspective, these things really spoke to me, okay, and forgive me if I fluff my lines. So he writes, given the unprecedented scale of challenges in health and care, it has been my instinct to continue focus on this important work. So it is with great regret that I must tell you I can no longer in good conscience continue serving in this government. I am instinctively a team player, but the British people also rightly expect integrity from their government. The tone you set as a leader and the values you represent reflect on your colleagues, your party, and ultimately the country. Conservatives at their best are seen as hard-headed decision-makers guided by strong values. We may not have always been popular, but we have been competent in acting in the national interest. Sadly, in the current circumstances, the public are concluding that we are now neither. The vote of confidence last month showed that a large number of our colleagues agree. It was a moment for humility, a grip and new direction. I regret to say, however, that it is clear to me that this situation will not change under your leadership and you have therefore lost my confidence too. So he writes, you set the tone as the leader. I am saying you, the listener, I, myself, we set the tone as the leader of our organisation, and of our department, our network. It's so important. People look to us, and if they don't trust us, we don't admit our mistakes. We act. Foolishly and recklessly, we lose people in our team. They lose respect for us. And once that respect is gone, it's really, really hard for it to be restored. For those of you that hold a leadership responsibility, it's a great privilege. It comes with lots of stress, lots of hassle, lots of opinions, lots of things to juggle, lots of competing priorities, but it is a privilege. And I think sometimes we can get lost in the job. And forget that the privilege that it brings and the opportunity that it brings. Being a leader is not being—it's not about being perfect, but it's about sometimes just stopping and remembering and realising your position and the decisions that you make can be seen and felt by people that you may not realise are looking. And when we say certain things and when we act in certain ways and when we don't do certain things people notice and it's so, so important that we remember that we set the tone. So that's my two cents on that. <laughs> and now our new Secretary of State for Health and Social Care is Steve Barclay. So that was kind of the headline. In other news, which does affect us all, is that from the 1st of July, CCGs, clinical commissioning groups, are no more And now we have integrated care systems made up of an integrated care board, an ICB, an integrated care partnership, an ICP. We also have place-based partnerships. We also have provider collaboratives and we're moving in the future towards integrated neighbourhood teams. So I did do a blog on this called An Introduction to Integrated Care Systems. So this just gives us the high level definition of the new acronym. So goodbye CCG, introducing ICS, although they've been around for a little bit, but formally introducing ICSs, ICBs, ICPs, PBPs. Like, yeah, I don't know why we do it to ourselves, but we do with all these acronyms, all this jargon. And this change represents a change in the Health and Care Act 2022. So you've got new structures and new systems to support the way we deliver care, hopefully giving more power to the people. So take a look at our blog. We'll link it into the show notes. Also, the King's Fund have got loads of fantastic stuff if you want to develop your understanding more on this. And, of course, the NHS Confederation also has lots on integrated care systems. But it's all change. It's all change. And then the other bit I just wanted to highlight was that on the 30th of June, the NHS Confederation produced a small piece So Ruth Ranking, the director of primary care, the NHS Confederation reported primary care teams are continuing to carry out record levels of appointments and nearly 28.3 million appointments were undertaken in May alone, which presents 3 million more appointments than the month before. And almost half of these appointments took place on the same day they were booked And nearly two thirds of the appointments took place face to face. So it's just a reminder to everybody in the system, a reminder to the public, general practice is open. They're working tremendously hard and every area in the health and care system is absolutely. But I think what constantly happens is the magnifying glass is shone on primary care that increase in appointments is absolutely huge and is really, really felt on the ground. So bravo to everybody working in primary care at the moment. So just wanted to shout out, particularly my colleagues working in and supporting primary care. Okay, moving forward, I want two more things I wanted to talk about. And that is implementing Dr. Bola Alabi's advice on the circles of concern and circles of influence. And I also then just wanted to round off talking about investment versus expense. So let's start with Dr. Bola Owalabi. She came onto the podcast a couple of weeks ago, episode 198. You have to listen to it if we've not already listened to it. And listen to it again. I've listened to it like four times. I really, really liked it. But I was telling somebody about the advice um, Bola gave around the circles of concern and circles of influence. And the person in question said to me, oh, yeah, but that's fine. But, you know, how do you implement that in real life in the moment? And then coincidentally, after that conversation, I had two incidences which came up. One was like a personal thing and the other one was a work-related incident. Both triggered me and I managed to catch myself and think, I've got a decision to make here. I need to choose how I am going to respond. And I had Bowler's words ringing in my ears around the circle of influence and circle of concern. And just a really quick kind of definition. When you act on your circle of influence, you are able to reduce stress levels and increase happiness because you can initiate an influence change. Reactive people focus on their circle of concern, things over which they have little or no control. Okay, so reactive people tend to focus on the circle of concern, things over which they have little or no Control. So in that moment, I thought, think about what's happened. What is my role in this, and how do I want to move forward? And I managed to think about what can I influence, what can I proactively act on, what is out of my circle of influence, and is in the circle of concern. And it really, like, it's. I mean, it worked. <laughs> I was a bit like, I can't control this. I can't influence X let's just move on. And it was as simple as that. It really, really was. I think this has just saved me. Boley's saved me so much time. She really, really has. Initially when she said it, I hadn't heard of it. Um, I'd heard of the circle of influence, but I mustn't have been reading the bit where it talked about the circle of concern because they're both kind of together. And it's it's actually in Stephen Covey's book, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I think the underlying question I asked myself is, how much time do I want to spend on this? And when I looked at all of the other things going on that need my attention, it was like, just let this, let that go, let it go. You know, you don't need to stress out about it. Let's not make this any bigger than it needs to be. Some things are in your circle of influence and you do need to push and press and proactively come at it from a positive position. Other things, you can either, you know, like, you know, what's the swallow the poison? You know, when you hold resentment and hold negativity, it's like the poison you meant to give to somebody else, but you swallowed yourself or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like you, you're you the only injured party when you hang on to it and I just thought I don't want to I don't want to drink this poison (laughs) I just want to move on and I think in order to move from like triggered to it's all good again it just takes time it just takes practice they'll work for some of you they may not be universal but I definitely think the circle of concern and the circle of influence is a really good tool if you have that mindset to consider it so the last thing i wanted to leave you with was just some questions around investment and expenses it comes up a lot in my day to day especially around pay rises and yes there is a cap you can't just give people pay rises willy-nilly they have to deliver and you have to be able to evidence that and be transparent and fair But sometimes I think unnecessarily people are seen as an expense versus a really amazing investment. And when we're thinking about technology, it's seen as, as an expense, but it's an amazing investment in order to deliver value over and over and over and over again. And giving people the right tools is an investment if the budget allows versus keep that pot of money there, look at it and back, no, no, we can't afford it or they're not worth it. And I think when it comes to tools and tech, when it comes to people, they are an investment. I really do believe that the budget's not unlimited. You'll speak, I'm a small business owner. There is a cap, absolutely. It's either public money or if you're the business owner, it's, it's my money or the business's money. But where possible... We want to show people that we value them. That investment may not even always be in allowing a little bit more flexibility. It's like, how do you show your team that you value them? How do you show yourself that you value yourself? And you invest in yourself, you invest in your team and not always to see it as an expense that you've just, you know, once that money's gone out, you're never going to see it again. It's an investment in allowing you to move forwards, keep track of your investments and you want your investment to grow. Absolutely. Otherwise it is just an expense, but to be very mindful, really think is this an investment? Is this an expense? What expenses do we have? What investments do we need to make? What's the expectation for that investment and how can we help it grow? And how can we maintain our investment and making sure that you've got adequate cover? So if things break or if things go awry, you can protect it. And it's not just something you have to chuck away and then start from from scratch. So that's just my thought around investment and expenses so to close out this episode just a bit of a summary we started off with a bit of healthcare news which we don't usually do something a little bit new let me know if you like it goodbye Sajid Javid and welcome Steve Barclay who is our new Secretary of State for Health and Social Care appointed on the 5th of July goodbye CCGs as of the 30th of June welcome formally integrated care systems, integrated care boards, integrated care partnerships, provider collaboratives, place-based partnerships. We've got integrated neighbourhood teams on the horizon. Acronyms galore. I also shared the humongous volume of GP appointments, um, which took place in May, nearly 28.3 million in GP appointments and that is three million up from the month before. So huge. I did want to revisit the circle of influence, circle of concern, because I think that that is a concept and a tool that we could all benefit from. I think it really, really, really is good. And for those, if you've not read it or need to reread it, I am going to reread the whole book the seven habits of highly effective people, which talks about circles of concern and circle of influence. And then I just ended on just my take on investment versus expense. I hope that this is helpful. I hope this is valuable. See you in the next episode.